podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast, the podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game. Uh, with me, Russell Guyver, and I'm just me and my guest today, just two of us. It is the gent, Mr. Raymond Wright. Hello, Raymond. How are you? Good afternoon, Russell. I'm fine. Um, sort of suffering a, a sense of uh, disappointment and a bit of deja vu after last night, but uh, <laughs> yes, otherwise yes. fine. <laughs> Talking, of course, about the Wolves game. Um, we're going to be discussing that um, fairly soon, um, where we'll um, we'll give our detailed analysis of what we think went wrong. Uh, and anything that we thought went right, actually, as well. Um, that's all coming up after we first heard from our men on the ground. Yes, our Manchester correspondents, or greater Manchester correspondents, Nick and Alistair, were at the game. Uh, they were there. They did a little mini match day special for us, talking to a, another few familiar voices and giving us their opinions. So we're going to go to that first, and then you'll be back with us to hear our opinions after that. So hello and welcome to the Match Day podcast. Uh, this is Alistair and Nick speaking from Manchester, although we arrived in a little town called Wolverhampton, which you may have heard of, somewhere to the left of the Birmingham. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing the Match Day special today, uh, and uh, Russell's going to do a review as well, part two, with, um, with the gent Raymond. And we're going to be thinking a little bit about our coming forthcoming match. Uh, the other thing that's been happening today, everyone's, everyone who's been able to has been buying their uh, tickets for Roma as well. Uh, so maybe we'll just quickly start there and then move on. Um, we're My Albion Plus members, and even though we've got lots and lots of points from going to lots of away games, I don't even think we're going to get a look in today with about 3,500 um, seats. Uh, a potential of 5,000, but apparently the police have been trying to keep the numbers down. Uh, but there's going to be people with travel books. I think there's going to be a lot of people in the middle of Rome. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, you and you and I, Nick, we'd both like to go, wouldn't we? But it's not going to happen, is it? No, it's not going to happen. Not wouldn't. I don't think we'll get down to us anyway. I think the demand's going to be too no. high. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating that members don't get a even a small allocation just to show willing because people like us we do travel around don't we we certainly do and have done since the 1890s or 1880s <laughs> or whenever it when you know anyway certainly yeah. since 1901 we've been traveling i do feel like it sometimes but we're not bitter are we <laughs> no no we're definitely not bitter but having said that if you're a season ticket holder and a faithful fan um and you put the put the hard yards in then yeah it, i understand it's fair enough that you should be getting um you should be getting tickets anyway um we should put that to one side yeah. so but uh, obviously the big news for us is the awful news about um, injury to Mitoma, uh, to Mitoma, and uh, Welbeck, and I, do you know? I, I think haven't you got a, a, like a best eleven of injured players that that yeah. we can go through? Who yeah. are they? Well, if I go through what Andy Naylor has written on his injured, no- well, we've got nine. For those of you that have already abandoned Twitter, like me, who got so fed up with it, but I can't believe how. Badly, we've been affected by injuries, and we all thought it was all getting a lot better. And then you come to this game, and you realise who we've lost. We've lost Matoma, Ferguson, Welbeck, Veltman, Gilmore, Jao Pedro, Milner, Hinchwood, and obviously March. I think everyone's forgotten we lost him. Yeah, well, he was out for the season at the beginning of the season, wasn't he? That's pretty much a team. And yeah. we're, we're, we're just lacking a goalkeeper and um, and someone else to yeah. get injured. And now you've got 11 first-team yeah. players all injured. And so we, and this is what worries me a lot, actually, because we've come to this game thinking, actually, we should be, you know, relative of, relatively favourites, I would have thought. But now they've come back into form. They're right behind us in the league, aren't they? I think we're on the same yeah. points, goal difference. Yeah, yeah. 
and we've lost pretty much one well Mitoma I mean when we went to see Sheffield he was the difference wasn't he yeah yeah and well him and Adingra yeah um, they were amazing amazing and also the pair of them made Ferguson look, start to look good again um, I know Ferguson's not playing tonight but all these in- injuries it's just so frustrating yeah sorry I'm trying to remember now was Adingra available for Sheffield I don't think yeah, he was he was, yeah, oh, he was what yeah, yeah. Goals. yeah, oh. yeah. do yeah. you know what my mind is just yeah. gone yeah so I think that's the frustrating thing for us. This, you know, what I hope is this our season doesn't grind to a halt because of these injuries. Yeah. Because um, you can just see us going out tonight because we aren't playing the strongest team we possibly could. Um, and then we go into Europe and we've still not been able to play the strongest team we possibly could. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's this frustration that we have been hit relatively harder by this injury setbacks than pretty much any other team and Liverpool were complaining at the weekend about how many injuries they've got as well and what, oh. what, what a young team Liverpool had when actually yeah. Yeah. much as I really dislike them as a team Chelsea actually had a younger team out than Liverpool did but Liverpool were getting all the plaudits for having a young team out of the weekend yeah. as well yeah but I, I think I don't think enough's been made of our injury um, crisis setback whatever way you want to describe it because I mean João Pedro losing João Pedro now was yeah, it for a big loss Big loss. Big I mean, loss, he, yeah. he, you know, he's just as he hits form, he gets injured. Yeah. The time he comes back, brilliant on the day he comes back, we lose him. You know, and it's so frustrating. That's what's um, that what worries me about tonight's game is that we probably aren't the favourites for this one. I would put Wolves as favourites. Yeah, I agree. Um, if we get a result here tonight, it'll be one of the results of the season. Um, and I mean that. I mean, you know, um, if we can get through this round, I'd absolutely put us on for getting to the final because this yeah. is this is going to be the hardest game, I think. Because before kickoff, we're going to know who we're playing for a place to play against as well in yeah. the next in the next round, aren't yeah. we? Uh, because the draws are at seven o'clock tonight, yeah. so we should know going into the ground well we might already be in the ground by seven o'clock probably not um but yeah we'll we'll know who it, who it is that we should be playing but yeah it might all be uh, by the by really and, and, and the other, i mean the other thing that's against us tonight is you know we're, we're playing it on a wednesday night we're playing it on a night it's terrible for the away fans to get to we haven't sold out our away end or right. a, or away side whichever way you describe it yeah. so the actual support although it'll be great again it won't be like it would have been if it had been played on a normal saturday Reminds me of being back at Preston, and we're going to be cheering a black cat as they as it as it walks onto the pitch. And uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose in the worst case scenario, um, it, that we could be doing that anyway. Yeah, but I mean, they have put out a potential side that we could play. Um, and you look at it, and you, obviously the goalie could, doesn't really matter because I think they're both as good as each other. Back line is pretty strong. Van Heck, Duncan Webster, probably. Yeah. I mean, Eagle. Is Eagle? Eagle. I think Eagle was injured as well, wasn't he, at the weekend? Yeah, yeah, but I think he's all right. I think he's all right okay. to play. Um, so that's not It's not a weak back line, is it? No. I mean, Webster's a bit iffy sometimes. But you've got Lamptey, Gross, Belieber, and Adingra flying, you know, Lamptey and Adingra up the wing. Possibly Buonata and Lalana. And then Fatty. But there's no out-and-out striker there, is there? No. So, no. I, I mean, you can see goals coming maybe from Adingra, not from Lamperty. I, I don't remember. Uh, and maybe Gross, Belieber, possibly, yeah. Buonate. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, and then, of course, subs you've got, uh, I suppose, Estupian, Moda, uh, Igor, if he is available. Um, yeah, whether or not Barco would be playing. I don't know if he would be on the bench or, or whatever. I mean, yeah. There's... Um, 
if you did, I don't know if you watched the um, uh, Blackburn game last night. There were two ex. Uh, sorry, there were two Brighton Loneys playing. Right, and they played really well for Blackburn. Well, Van Heck got a lot of work um, when he was there, and actually, I've got a friend who's a season ticket holder there, and he really rated Van Heck, and then didn't hear of him for a season and uh, um, and that was basically now, he, now he's fully back isn't he and this season doing really well for us yeah so I mean if those young lads come on um, O'Mahony Baker Boati if I pronounce that Popion they, they, this is their chance to shine if they have to come on isn't it and actually make yeah. a name for themselves he, in his press conference yesterday I don't think he's going to play Barco unless he really has to um, well he was he keeps talking about how he's not ready yet and it's a physical league and uh, there's a lot to prepare him for and yeah all those all those different things that are sort of caveats that he looked so, I, I mean you were saying that um Roberto deserve he, he almost looked a bit deflated in the news conference he yeah I mean he looked my interpretation was he just looked fed up and he just must be a kick in the nuts for him when he loses one of his best players yeah yeah well you've got all your plans and you're planning on yeah. playing around uh, and that's and that's what you're working with but yeah. then it all just goes to but but he did say all the right things after that. He says, you know, we're going to win. You know, because he's got what well, we've got three big games coming up, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, a, a lot of our season could be decided in the next three weeks. Yeah. You've got you've got Europe. You've got um, obviously our continued presence in the Premier League or not, yeah. uh, as in um, whether or not we contend to go up to six or seven. Uh, and then you've also got the FA Cup, um, which potentially, you know, we could. I'd, I'd, it wouldn't be a million miles away for us to say we, we deserve to win that or we could win that at any rate yeah I agree I agree this is this is crucial and I think this game could just set the tone if we win this I keep going back to it it will be one of the, the feats of the season um, if we win this this will be a great platform to moving on to going for that European spot I mean I think the European the game against Roma doesn't frighten me I think we should no, but it, it, winning yeah. this yeah. will be a bigger, one of the biggest feats of our season, including getting the result at Rome. Walking across that bridge in Rome, that frightens me. But obviously, <laughs> hopefully, all of you travelling there, you all know about that. Do not walk across the bridge. Get the tram to the Vatican and walk from there, uh, or, or however you're told that you're going. I imagine there'll be a lot of buses. Uh, but, but yeah, one way or another, um, yeah, we. Uh, we just need a result tonight, don't we? And and if we get that by hook or by crook, it, I don't mind a messy two-one or uh, or however. But, but penalties, please don't put three oh, penalties. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, we've, I, we've not got a good uh, we've not got a good track record with penalties. Well, I don't know. Oh, well, I remember. I, I remember Adam Virgo and, and and the glory. You know, as we went into that semi. I have never seen us live with a penalty shootout. No, I, I was watching that on the telly, and, I, <laughs> and 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 that game we'd already given up on. But yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's a few eras ago. Yeah, I don't think our hearts could uh, survive penalties tonight. But um, we've got before that, we've got to make our mind up about what curry we're going to have because we're in the curry capital. Yeah, yeah. So we're in Jack's Cafe Bar, um, which is just south of Wolves and um, uh, just south of the town centre. And hopefully, we're not going to get kicked out for having Brighton Hove Albion badges on our on our like t-shirts. Away fans in Wolverhampton in their bars, do they? And they don't like them anywhere in Birmingham. We had real issues in in West, um, Brom, in West Brom as well. Didn't we got we? kicked yeah. out in West Brom, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We'd, have, we'd already bought a pint as well. This so. is why our voices have slightly gone down because everyone's starting to listen. 
to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and and the other thing, of course, everyone um, watched the marvellous display as I absolutely outclassed you for the first half of the pool match. Yeah. And then the second half of pool, you took it home and you put that black last, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, first. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was a bit like a Brighton performance. A very slow start, but finished well. That's it, yeah. And you got the result you, ne- you needed. And, and actually that you deserve, because I really did screw up um, at the end there. I think you, at one point there was one yellow on the table and about six reds. But you managed to get all of those reds. Anyway, let's hope that the uh, let's hope the yellows do very badly today, yeah. and let's hope that Brighton do well. Anyway, we'll, we've got some other friends coming join us later. Uh, we'll um, uh, we'll keep you informed as we go along, and uh, yeah, do a bit of in match uh, analysis as well, hopefully. Yeah, excellent. Talk to you soon. So Jack's Cafe is filling up now, and uh, food is being served, and I'm very very fortunate to have Ahmed and Alison with me. Ahmed. Ha- how you doing? The last time we met was in Sheffield, and you were at the uh, the Sheffield game. So um, yeah, how you doing? Now I'm doing well. Uh, hopefully I can stay awake for this game. Yeah, you you didn't fall asleep because of the match. Yeah, yeah no, but no. more of a medical thing. But um, but yeah, uh, are you looking forward to tonight? I am definitely looking forward to it. Even though we don't have a very strong team. Yeah, bit of a so, bit of an issue that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see what we can grab out of this game, but. Are you feeling hopeful? You know, a man of hope. You are. You look to uh, me as someone who is a hopeful person. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic, but let's hope we can uh, scrape through. You know, uh, even if you have to take it to penalties or something, be really good. Yeah, you yeah. Know. We we were just taught, we were just saying actually, penalties is the one thing yeah. that I, we don't. We're not quite sure any of our hearts could could actually survive that. No, uh, but luckily we haven't got Solly March to take them. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, poor Solly, poor Solly. I, I I did hear actually that um that that lunar lander that landed on Moon the other day actually caught a picture of that ball that was um that was kicked at Wembley by Solly. But yeah. yeah. And Alison, how are you feeling about today? Obviously, last time we met, it was also Sheffield too. Yes, well, I saw a little bit more of the game, but not much than um, Ahmed. To, I saw the first two goals, at least. Um, so, at least that was a good result. Um, I suppose it all depends about... I, I find it a slight strange thing that they're now doing the draw ahead of the oh, game. Yeah. Because yeah, it, make, yeah. it makes you feel, you know, there's a big difference. If you know that you've, we've got, say, Man City away in the next round, it makes it less of a prize to play for than, is it Coventry? Are they, are they through? So. Yeah, Coventry are through. Um, uh, they beat uh, Maidstone last night, didn't they? Yeah, so if it's Coventry at home, it's rather more of a prize than if it's Man City away. I, I find it odd that they do the draw more for TV these days than actually what would be, you know, in the interests of the, the competition, really, I feel. <laughs> Sound like my dad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what do you reckon about tonight? Do you reckon the same as Armid? Do you think we'll scrape through? Um, I think it's going to be very tough, be and tough. it could well go to extra time and penalties, and a bit like we witnessed last night at Ewood Park. So, mm, not. Not quite sure, but it could be a late night as well as a wet night. Yeah, fortunately, you haven't caught a train, so you've not got a last train that you have to go for. You've driven here, haven't you? Yeah, we have got a half day tomorrow, so the option to stay somewhere on the way home, just in case. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, well done for getting here, and um, and we'll uh, maybe catch up with you a bit later as well. So the last time we were talking, um, uh, Andy... um, Andy Wedgie, who uh, is a good friend of the podcast, uh, we um, we managed to bring home three points from Sheffield in the FA Cup, which means that we're playing here tonight in Wolves. 
so um, yeah, what's your feeling about tonight, and and how are you feeling about everything? Well, I'm have you bought your boots? <laughs> I have brought my boots. I'm hoping I'm, I've just received a text message from BHAFC. Yeah, and I honestly thought it was the kit man saying Wedgie have you bought your boots but it wasn't it was just BHAFC saying your window is now open for a Roma ticket so but I do have my boots yeah and do you have your ticket I do have my ticket do you have your travel and accommodation we're all off to Rome Courts has worked an absolute blinder so there's a lot of us off to Rome Wednesday to Friday next week very excitable but for tonight I think, do you know what, genuinely, it's going to be very, very tough. The only factor that's in our favour is that Wolves might have some miles in their legs because they only played a couple of days ago. But other than that, I think we are now so threadbare. We've worn it for months since about November and we've gone through layers and layers and layers of junior contingency but to end up at this point with only one really comfortable genuine midfielder only one winger and no strikers and we might not even be able to name 19 players this evening I don't honestly think we will we might only name 16 people in a game we're allowed to have 19. So there could be a number of players with a with a, a squad number higher than 50 on their back, couldn't there? I'd love to consider, let's have a bet for tonight, the average shirt number on the bench could well exceed 40 tonight, <laughs> which is something. But, you know, we're here, we're in high spirits, we're excited about it. We're just desperate to just kind of squeak through with the added excitement of knowing who we might be playing next before the game even kicks off. So we found a cracking little bar just on the south side of Wolverhampton. It's doing some great ales and some Indian food. And it's it's wonderful. And the atmosphere is building. Excellent, excellent. So thanks very much, Andy. Uh, we'll come back to you later. And in the meantime... Uh, will allow you to enjoy your own food and uh, some mood music. Yeah, uh, I think it, it, is it Nick's round? Uh, no. I, won the, I won the pool, fella. I won the pool. <laughs> he did win the pool. I had to buy the round. So it's half time. We've just gone back into the concourse. Oh, and that half was decided by what happened in the first minute and a half with Steele kind of oh, just making a bit of a blunder, really. And then, of course, everyone around us started saying, why do we keep swapping keepers and why do we keep doing that? But then, actually, we played really well. I thought Igor's playing pretty good. As he's done a lot of saves. There was one little bit there from uh, Pepignol, uh towards um, the end there where he managed to get the ball as he was going towards Steele. But, yeah, it's a half where we looked really good, apart from the first two minutes. I mean, how often have we seen that? watching Brighton us shoot ourselves in the foot yeah. in, in the first bloody minute in the first minute I, I mean I, it looked like a steel blunder obviously but it looked like I thought we should have cleared it even after he dropped it we still didn't clear it no we could have cleared it better yeah. it looked like we should have cleared it but like you say I, but Eagle you know, on the positive side we've looked alright since then haven't we we've made yeah. plenty of chances we, I think we've had four or five clear chances yeah. that really someone should have been on the end of or they should have been more on target yeah yeah. I think um, we'll uh, we'll wait and see what the uh, telly looks like but I think 
We, yeah, I, but what I'd like to say is, poor old Poopion on that right wing. <laughs> He's completely isolated, isn't he? Not being passed to nothing. No, it's, it's almost like like you're not one of our gangs, so we're not no. going to pass to you. Like they've not played with him before, they don't trust him, no. or they're not used to passing to him, and they don't have confidence that he's going to take it up if they send it his way anyway. I know. I just feel so sorry for him. He's waving and wagging his hands. You can see him in the far corner. They're all ignoring him. So uh, just. There's fingers crossed he gets the ball and he blasts one into the top right-hand corner or something. But I really feel for him. It's a bit like when I used to play football and I was the last one to get picked with my back against the wall in the sports hall. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? But Igor has been immense in this half. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely immense. And Buonate's looked good going forward. In fact, he's got a few through Estupinian. He's looked okay as well, hasn't he? Yeah, it's all come from this left-hand side, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like I say, if it hadn't been for the blunder, I think, you know, well, I'd love to know the stats, but we must have 60, 70% of them possession. I'll have to try and get hold. It's hard getting mobile signal, obviously, in a stadium, but we'll have a look. Yeah, yeah, that is. But, no, you know, fingers crossed we don't do shoot ourselves in the foot again early in the second half we can come back into this I feel positive if only we can just have a goal score or someone who can put it in the net that's the problem isn't it yeah I mean yeah I mean that header it looked again it looked like that was a clear opportunity that header again we're not in a good view are we haven't got the greatest view from our, our side on and you forgot your glasses as well Nick I forgot my glasses so it's all a bit of a blur but yeah apart from that no I think the one shot that was absolutely on target that I remember was Pepillon's that was just a really lame yeah. tap that was either, it wasn't a cross and it wasn't a shot. Yeah, which may show a bit of nerves, may show a bit of yeah. confidence, rabbit caught in the headlights. But yeah, look, let's be positive. It, it could have gone all very, very pear-shaped for that first five minutes. We've come back, we're, we're, we're looking reasonably confident on the ball just need to knock it in the back of the bloody net take a shot sometimes yeah, as well yeah, yeah attack being the best form of defense in that sense isn't it not play that extra pass they always do that don't they or give them the time to regroup and everything yeah. before we then yeah. get back onto it they've been very slow at taking the ball taking yeah. kicks and uh and throw-ins and everything now that they're a goal up they're sitting on that aren't they yeah and maybe that's a good thing i've said to yeah, you yeah that, that, that's hopeful for me because yeah. it looks like they're just basically defending that one nil lead yeah and if they drop deeper and deeper and i said to you before you can score too early in a match sometimes yeah 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 um and maybe that's you know hopefully that's the thing we can hold on to as well yeah and other cliches yeah <laughs> <laughs> excellent well we'll we'll catch up with you sometime in the second half so it's 85 minutes played of normal time we're still one nil down we've watched the um the debut of barco and um yeah it's uh we haven't really looked like scoring all night, have we? No. <laughs> it's just been so frustrating. One of that a frustrating night. No, and they got a corner now, haven't they, as well? No. And, and now their crowd have made a good atmosphere going around the ground. It, it, you know, it, it just feels like it's only going to go one way, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we've been trying to score this wonder goal by threading it through the eye of a needle. It just hasn't worked. So, yeah, I mean, they deserve this because they've just defended so well. No way. Every time we've had the ball, they've been back two rows of, you know, two yeah. rows of four and five, and they've got their third corner of the night. I think we've had plenty. Oh, and are they going to score? Steel, first time Steel actually grabs it in his hands, and it's the 87th minute almost, yeah. Yeah, first save of the night, isn't it? So, we've had, it's been down this end all day, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, this, this second half, we've been all over them, but no final product. Every shot has been blocked or just hasn't even 
hasn't even made anything of it. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Oh, there was a shot there. It's going to be a bit frantic now, isn't it? It is, it's going to be really hectic. Well, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we'll be in a very different mood in a few minutes. Four seconds to go. We've got a corner. Oh, my life. It can go in off his ass for all I care. It's got to go in. They've just been defending. Defending for basically 88 minutes. Here we go. And... Oh, that's it. That's the last chance. Just goes right to the right of the goal. And that's it. Goal kick, which of course the keeper will take about three minutes to take. And the final whistle is going to be blown. That's it. Well, no Wembley this year. I'm afraid this is all Wolves fans you can hear right now. Absolute bugger. That's all I can say. We knew it was coming. We didn't really have high hopes of tonight. But losing 1-0 against a team that the minute they went, well, one and a half minutes in, they went 1-0 up and then they defended for the rest of the match. Um, yeah, we just we were just walking back to the car and all their fans were saying, oh, the last two games we were 1-0 up and then just said, fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> and let's, let's just defend for the next 30 minutes, no, 88 and a half minutes or however long they had left. Oh, it's just one of those infuriating matches. And um, yeah, I suppose one of the well, it's a shame like we're all kind of saying right at the start who is this guy at the end is his name Papillon is he a butterfly Poupignon um, and it seemed that all of the other players on the pitch thought the same as well for the first half because no one passed to him and it seemed to be that um, he got off at half time yeah subbed off at half time he got, he got done for the first goal apparently um, I, although I, I didn't notice that and we haven't seen any replays yet we're literally just driving away from the ground now Oh, and it's just infuriating and we don't even want to have the radio on because we don't want to hear gloating Wolves fans and we don't want to hear moaning Brighton fans and now we're about to have a moan, aren't we, Nick? Yeah, well, all I can say is we beat ourselves in that game and we had, I, I know it wasn't 80%, but it felt like 80% of the possession. Uh, they, we just threw it away. I literally threw it away in the first half, didn't we? Well, still super throw it away. And, and, and again, this will open up the debate. Should we be rotating keepers in the way that we do? Are we just shooting ourselves in the foot every time we do that? And Steele definitely looked incredibly nervous in that first half. He seemed to look a bit better in the second half. There was a couple of good gets that he got. But he didn't have to do anything, did he, second half? He just was a spectator. I mean, he maybe had one shot to save. It, they, were, they, they hardly attacked yeah. in the second half. Yeah. There were one or two little bursts that they had but we seem to shut them down most of the time then um, but oh, oh, so many chances as well that we had but we just didn't make any of them stick and we just did not look like scoring at any point tonight and it was um, they looked to try to score this usual wonder goal that we can never score where we try and walk into the back of the net it's like it feels like that's been Brighton's style since the 70s, where we try and walk into the net and we never do. Well, since Potter anyway. <laughs> well, no, I, I, <laughs> I just feel it's like we've always been like that. 
Through. I'm just gonna. We're just. It's a bit of a tricky right turn here, going round the roundabout here. Uh, so we um, you, you do you do appreciate. I'm the one uh, who's holding the phone today, and Nick's Nick's uh, our chauffeur tonight. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I've, I've, but you know, you've, you've got to let's take a step back and think about it. We were hugely lacking in firepower tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, and we were able to bring Welbeck on and we didn't know that he was even fit did we so no. the fact that he came on for the second half I suppose we take that as a bonus yeah. but I must admit I forgot he was on the pitch in that second half yeah Igor was superb in that first half yeah and he got taken off early so yeah, I yeah. imagine that must be because of just protecting him and his injury yeah, and stuff I guess so um, and I, when I think you can take that lane can I okay. yeah. when Cisco, um came on he was good. Yeah, and CISO came on and, and he seemed to liven things up in the last yeah. 10 minutes or so, helped yeah. to create a little bit. Yeah, he looked all right. Oh, what's this fella doing here? Sorry. Yeah, just being an, uh, an, a Wolves fan, fan yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, there were some pos- definitely some positives. And I think the fact was we threw it away in the first minute and after that we dominated possession, just couldn't score. And I just feel like, you know, it did, like you say, it did feel a bit Potteresque to me. Yeah, and... Um, it's, no, it, it's always notable as well that the fans start leaving early and, and the players don't even come across to the yeah. touchline to, to yeah. say thank you to the fans and their support. Because yeah. even though we didn't sell out that away end, we, there was still an awful lot of us that travelled. Yeah, yeah. And we might not have made as much noise tonight because we were just spread thinly in a thin strip along the... But, um, yeah, a, a really frustrating night, I suppose. And, yeah. and uh, well, uh, again, one positive that we said, that means now, of course, we're now able to fully focus on the Premier League and Europe. Europe, yeah, we've got to go to Rome now. And, you know, what were we saying? Uh, at half-time, we were speaking to um, Andy, and he was basically saying, you know, is this the team that's going to win in Rome? But I don't think they're going to play that team in Rome, are they? No, there's no not in a million years are they going to start that team in Rome. No. So I, I'm, I'm assuming there'll, there'll be a lot, of, a lot stronger line-up and... Hopefully they'll actually decide to take a shot, deign to take a shot, as opposed to try and arse about with it like twenty minutes. Although to be fair to the the Wolves players and and obviously the way that they were set up, they and as soon as they went a goal up, it was all about wasting time and defending with ten men in the box, um, yeah. and they did that really effectively. Oh, yeah. And we gave them the time to get back a lot yeah. of the time as well. Yeah. yeah, we turned back on ourselves, played it back into the midfield, and then we tried to thread it through midfield. There were, there were passes on for a dringer, which you and I could see. Yeah. And they were trying wonder balls across to the other wing. And you're going like, what are you doing? And it was going flying out, wasn't it, at one point? And you're going like, why are you doing that? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, like you say, frustrating night, but not all bad. It was, you know, there were bits there that were good. And the good news is, for the majority of you listening to this podcast, we did this tonight for you. So that you could listen to our, our frustration. And you probably had a nice, cosy night in at home watching Netflix or having a curry or or a night in front of the fire with the missus so so you're you're very welcome uh, our service to you is um is as served and now we're going to hand back to russell and to the gent raymond who are going to give us um their feelings and thoughts on the match and uh, we'll take you from there but it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me stand or fall up the albion So there we go. Thank you very much to Alistair for doing his classic Northern away day uh, match day special um, subbing in routine for us. Much appreciated as always. And also to his companion, our good friend Nick as well. Um, 
Yeah, Raymond. I mean, we've we've heard their opinions now. Obviously, disappointment, frustration was a word that came up there, and um, the word bugger at the end, <laughs> um, which I think pretty much sums it up. Frustrating, not least because before the match, we got the perfect draw, li- literally, and by some distance, the best draw we could have on paper, which was at home to Coventry, should we get through. So doubly frustrating to miss out um, when I felt that we could get at least a third semi-final campaign on underway here and maybe further um that's disappointing of course um but what did you make of it all we were we were watching at home when we on our uh, our tv screens uh your thoughts on that on it overall well uh first thing i have to say is that with the cigars over london crowd i went up to try and field people at the duke of sussex pub not named after the current duke of sussex by the way <laughs> and um uh unfortunately there, there was nobody else there we went with an iPad to link, but we couldn't use the iPad to link in uh, for, because it was on BBC iPlayer. So we waited till oh, just before 25 to 7 to 8, rather, and, and we left. So the result was I got in and got the TV on, started watching the match from the seventh minute, um, by which time we were 1-0 done. Uh, <laughs> it obviously wasn't exactly good news. But as mm. Chris Jonas said... Um, it was probably a good thing to miss. Unfortunately, that didn't mean to say that the score changed just because I'd missed it. Sadly, because if that hadn't counted because I'd seen it, then it would win nil all. Um, so that was a great shame. Um, and a, a, a cute observation, but not a useful one from, from Chris Jonas. Um, having said that, I didn't know how, what a sort of horlicks of, of accidents and mistakes it was that led to that goal. Um, Obviously, the Wolves player um, uh, slipped um, uh, Van Heck, who slipped. And, and the surface seemed to be quite quite slippery because I noticed players on both sides uh, were losing their feet. Yeah. So I'm not sure that that's helpful. Um, and obviously, Van Heck slipped a bit there. Um, but nonetheless, when the ball came across, uh, having seen it after the match, um, I could see that. Um, still definitely should have done better. He either should have punched it, caught it, or arguably left it alone. If yeah. he'd left it alone, uh, I don't think the, the player would have got to it, but he did a, a really good assist down to the Wolves player by sort of palming it sort of rather in, uh, ineffectively. And uh, then he seemed to somehow miss the ball when it came sort of past him. And mm. it looked as if he should have had an opportunity of saving it. That was much harder to see. So Wolves then just simply sat back. They, I'm not saying they didn't pressure us with three or four players further forward, but they actually got back very quickly. They weren't slow to foul us either just in our half or around the halfway line so they could reset. And in yeah. the first half alone, they, they gave away 10, 10 free kicks to R4. And that, in a sense, sums it up. That, um, uh, we ended up with 72% possession um, in the whole game, 69% first half, so obviously around 75% second half. Um, so they, they did what they had done at the Amex, which was sort of, uh, very disciplined, uh, controlled defending, uh, don't give much away, don't dive in stupidly. Um, I think perhaps we were once or twice slightly over-ambitious trying to uh, do little passes through the wall of defenders. Hmm. Having said that, um, we did have 18 shots, all told. 
Mm. But the bad statistic was we we only on target twice. We had six block shots, so it's difficult for those that those would have been on target as well. So mm. it was that ineffectiveness in terms of the end end product, not for lack of creating the chances. We had eighteen shots. There were some, and there were a number of good chances. The, the, the Bunanotti one, when Van Het went near, near post and the ball came across, and it came uh-huh. to him quickly, but the head had just passed. Yeah, there was uh, one from a drinker, um, which he missed. There was one where a drinker sort of put it back rather than actually shooting in the second half. Um, Dunk got a header. If he just moved back rather than staying where he was to head it, moved hmm. back a pace then he would have been able to get on top of it. Um, and he had he had plenty of time to do that. Um, Moda had a good attempt, a, a good move. The whole way his body language and shape was right for the shot. He just put it to the left of the, of the post uh, from his angle. Um, so there were a lot of ch- chances, not necessarily easy ones, but three or four, I, I thought, ones that, on another day, we probably would have would have scored from. Um, mm. We just we missed Gilmore in the middle of the field. Um, not that Mota played badly but for the hour or so he was on. I thought actually he looked first time I seen him look back closer to what he used to be before his injury. Yeah. Um, I still think we're, we're missing Pedro. It made a difference when we got Welbeck on mm. uh, for the second half. Um, and uh, his, obviously, um, Roberto felt he could only get a half out of him, uh, mm-hmm. and that's probably sort of pushing his luck a bit. But Fatty is clearly not a centre forward, mm-hmm. um, and it, it just you know, unless you have the other players who can play with a false number nine round to round something like that, it ain't going to work. Um, it, it just sometimes just moves the ball too slowly. I mean, still, I. I Think sometimes when he's passing it out, he doesn't put enough pace on the ball. And there were several occasions when he had there would be two players on whichever flank, right or left, who would be in plenty of space, and he'd hit it out there. But the slowness of the pass, the, you know, the problem when it left his foot to reach the player, so slow that the Wolves players were able to get back the right side of the ball. Yeah. And therefore, the opportunity of exploiting the space that was potentially there had gone. And as I can't remember who it was who pointed out, but uh, on Sol today, that what Schmeichel used to do Manchester United was to get the ball and run around the front and throw it out quickly. And mm. if Steele was doing some quick throws, it just might have been able to get him behind them. Um, we didn't do any... Uh, on the official stats, there were no counterattacks by Brighton. Yeah, well, I think... Interesting points there, and I think that last one in particular. I think the reason we didn't get many counter attacks is because Wolves are a very clever team. I, I really like them. I think they're an excellent side. It's not the most exciting to watch, but they are rock solid in defence. Incredibly good defenders. So you really don't want to give them a bonus right at the beginning of the game as we did. Um, whereas in the, the home game in the Amex, of course, same same scenario, but it just led to a draw, of course, because neither team. Uh, was given the chance like that. Um, but in this game, rock solid at the back, um, dangerous on the counter-attack, particularly in the second half, and particularly when Neto came on, who I've rated as an extremely good player and very dangerous. And he did get away once, and luckily we covered it in defence in the end by Igor, I think it was, who had a really good game. Um, other than that, well, that they didn't really... I mean, that piece of 
that piece of defending by Eagle was outstanding. A, yeah. a, he had the pace to keep up with Neto. Yeah. B, he didn't lunge in and do a silly tackle. Yeah. And get away yeah. or a free kick just outside the area. And C, he ended up blocking the shot. Yes. Yeah. So he, I mean, you know, the three things he had to do, all of which he did and did well. Yeah. And I totally agree with you, 100%. But but, but the way they counterattack, such as that incident, um, is curious because they don't counterattack in big numbers, not very often. So they don't overload themselves. They don't, don't um, overstretch themselves, sorry, and leave the risk of a counter-counterattack. Um, so I think if we were going to have counterattacks, it was going to be in counterance to their counterattacks because they were sitting deep pretty much the whole way through the game. If you look at the territorial stats, if you look at the the overall possession stats, 72% we had, you know, the number of shots, the number, the number of um, fouls we won, the number of corners we won. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it tells you they're, they're very clever with how they counterattack. They're dangerous in small numbers coming forward. They don't, as I said, they don't overload and leave themselves exposed, which I think is part of the key to why Gary O'Neill's got them playing so well. Um, I mean, they've lost four of their key players. Um, and then he's come in after the preseason, just after the st- season started. Total disaster scenario. I think he's he's manager of the season so far, coach of the season. Um, other people you could argue, but um, I think he's he's top of that because he didn't have the, the preseason. He's the key players have been lost from the team, and he's managed to get them into a position where they're striking distance away from European places. They're just in behind us now. Um, I have to say they've they've been lucky with injuries. They only had Cunha injured in the run-up to this game. I know Huang went off injured, and that might be quite serious. But um, they haven't really had an awful lot of injuries, which is a mixture of luck, and it's also a mixture of circumstance because, obviously, they haven't had a European campaign, which we've had, um, so they've had less games, um, which will have been one of the factors involved. But then they've probably got a smaller squad, I think, in terms of what they would call first-team squad. So, um, yeah, they've probably been a bit lucky in that regard. But notwithstanding that, I think he's done a brilliant job. This was always going to be a low-scoring game. We couldn't afford to make that mistake at the beginning. Um, we know how they're set up. I do agree with you about the um, the point about Steele. Uh, he could have got slightly more snap on his passes, the long rangers, um, and possibly could have thrown it out more. But I do think, we. I mean, when you look at our possession in that game, we look really slick. We look a really good team. Champions League standard in terms of our passing in tight spaces and some really awkward areas. We keep our cool. We don't tend to make many mistakes at all. I know we made one right at the beginning, but we don't tend to overall. And we looked a really good team and we gave Wolves a lot of problems. They had to work very, very hard. But ultimately, the problem is we were dealing with another team of the low block, albeit a much better quality one than some of the others we faced. Um, but they're equally good in defence. Um just more dangerous in attack than some of the other teams. And, yeah, we maybe don't quite, in the end, we don't quite move the ball forward quickly enough in that final segment. Um, what what I think the main problem is, I mean, it's very hard to do successfully, um, but, but the main problem, I think, with yesterday's game was that, first of all, there were some really aimless balls put forward, particularly in the very last stages, where we, we just a, a move petered out with an aimless ball forwards, which was uncharacteristic of us. And the other problem, which wasn't so much in this game, but has been a problem until this game, uh, we have lacked those sort of really talented players that could unlock defences. 
we've um, we've well, got we, into we, instant we, we, setback and Barco came in, and I thought they both were excellent. And if they'd been able to be on for longer, I say able because I'm I'm presuming they didn't want to be risked for longer for whatever reason. But if they come on sooner, even ten minutes sooner. We may have just snatched a result there and taken it to extra time. I think Barco looks really dangerous. He looks nippy. He looks um, looks tricky. He's got a really good first touch, and he's got a wicked ball in with his left foot, which was causing problems. Even his very first ball in, which is a you know, second, third touch, um, caused them a problem. We got a, a fairly dangerous header somewhere near the target. And and Ciso, we just know he's got that spring. And just when it looks like he's going to lose the ball, he keeps hold of it, which draws a defender in and then creates a bit of space. He was starting to open them up, but we just didn't have enough for long enough, uh, which is a shame. The other point as well, just to go before I go back to you, Raymond, is um, obviously we've, we've suffered injuries a lot this season. Um, a lot of our effective play was NC, so he's been missing all season. Mitzma has been missing for various patches of this season and is now sadly seems out for the rest of the uh, of the campaign, which is infuriating and frustrating. But we haven't had him and Estupinian both match fit, and both match sharp all season. And that's a big miss as well. And obviously, Solly March on the other side, plus a Dingra for a, a few weeks as well with the injury slash AFCON uh, duty. Key players in key areas, and and even with Evan Ferguson, it seems that I think um, there's talk he might have had glandular fever. He's certainly not been right, either whether it's illness, injury, or a mixture of the two. He hasn't been firing on all cylinders. Yet we're still top half of the table. We were still very close to... Um, forcing that game into, it could have ended up in penalties very easily. It was always going to be a close game. And we could very easily have ended up in the semi-final uh, of this competition. We still are in the Europa League at the moment. We're still in the top half of the table, despite all of that, which I think is something to be proud of. I thought it was quite a good game yesterday. It was quite interesting. But from a Brighton point of view, obviously, in the end, it was it was just frustrating because we couldn't break them down. Coming to... Uh, the rights of performances comparing Wolves and, and Everton. Uh, against Everton, we actually had, I mean, 90% passing accuracy. Every now and again, we, we dip below. But we tend to be 88, 89, 90. Against Sheffield United, we were 94%. Uh, one or two games, we've been 92, 93%. Um, you know, our passing accuracy is, I think, second only behind Manchester City in the Premier League. But I think, actually, we're up in the top. We're arguably probably up in the top four. Um, seven or eight in, in Europe and uh, so that is something good and funnily enough last night we were slightly less accurate than we had been um, against Everton it's uh, uh, the point you make about uh, attacking players we haven't had pace earlier in the season we had both Adringa and um, and or March uh, and or Matoma and I think the March injury is, is actually sort of coming back to bite us because we haven't when they were both fit, we didn't get the chance to actually rest them or put them on the bench and keep them fresh. So we were having to play them both the time. And when they, I think, Matoma, I think, might have had a slight niggle before he got the main injury. And because we needed to use him and to create Roberto, you know, an important player for us, um, it, it made a difference. Whereas he could have moved a drink on to the left, had March on the right, and he could have rested Matoma for for a game, and that might have made a difference. And yes. I think the fact that we've had to use a lot of the same players uh, may have been contributing, rather than giving them a rest or only bringing them off the bench for a bit, mm. um, ha- might have led to some of the injuries. I-, I noticed that he's saying he's hoping that 
uh, people like Veltman and Ferguson and, uh, and Lamptey might be back for, for Saturday's game against Fulham. Um, the, uh, Pedro uh, and uh, Milner, he's still saying two to three weeks um, hmm. for now, so that's probably three weeks. Um, the, the good news, if I can call it good news about the Wolves thing, is that we're not actually got a fixture on the weekend of the 16th, 17th, the Manchester City fixture having been postponed. And the City's still in, yeah. Yeah. And therefore, after the match against Nottingham Forest, we're actually going to have a three-week break. Yeah. And that gives, uh, all right, some of the players might go off on international duty, but actually it, it does give a, by a bit more time for some of the players to come back um, to fitness. And I suspect that you know, from what he's saying, Pedro and Milner aren't going to be fit um, by the time uh, we play that Nottingham Forest game. So hopefully they'll both be back for by the time we come back from it and, and we're playing playing Liverpool on Easter Sunday. Yeah, Gilmore would have used up his uh, suspension by then after the Forest game. Yeah. Well. Hmm. But, but also one wonders whether the fact that Gilmore hasn't been able to be rested really, whether his timing on the tackle which led to the red card, hmm. if he was that just a little bit less tired, might have actually, he, he might have got to the ball quicker or, yeah. or not done the tackle. And therefore, are uh, those sort of mistakes, a matter of split-second timing, leading to a red card or not leading to it, uh, happened as a result of the same people having to play the whole time. Yeah, probably right. To bring on, after 65 minutes to, to rest them. Yeah. And, and, and Gross looked as if he was um, sort of struggling to be able to tramp or something uh, to, you know, towards the end of the game last night. Um, mm. And we certainly can't afford to lose Gross uh, for a period of time. So um, I just wonder if things, and I say the silver lining and losing to Wolves, apart from that, it is that Perhaps it's going to be easier to focus on two competitions. Mm, yeah, possibly so. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. In terms of uh, your points there, I think with, with the Gilmore thing about the timing, if, if he was maybe a bit fatigued. Also, uh, I, I think that's probably there's probably some truth in that. But also other players will, for similar reasons, would get injuries because they'll um, either miss time tackles or pull out of tackles. And, you know, it, it's a knock-on effect, isn't it? If you're carrying niggly injuries... If you're fatigued, um, whatever it is that's going on that you're not 100%, and then you've got to play because other people are injured, um, it becomes more and more of a it was a vicious circle, essentially, isn't it? Unless you can break out of that, you have the problem. So I'm pretty pleased that we have got at least some time free, as you said, after these these next two fixtures um, in terms of the league campaign. Obviously, we've got uh, the Europa League still going on. But the good thing is Billy will at least have a... A week or week and a half's rest going into the first of those fixtures in Rome, and uh, he'll also get then the same rest everyone else will after the uh, after the uh, the second of those fixtures. Um, whereas you said we've we've got the the two week gap or whatever is two or three weeks. So yeah, if we can get the get some players rested, if we can get some players recuperated and um, rehabilitated from injuries, um, that will be great. Um, I do think we've done well, all things considered. Um, we have been a bit unlucky with some of those injuries. Um, you can argue that maybe we could have had even more greater depth in the squad 
to cover certain areas at certain times. But um, anyway, on, in terms of the Wolves game, I mean, just the lineup. Um, Steele was in goal again for this one, as we know, because part of the mistake uh, for their goal. Um, Van Hecker, Duncan, Igor as the back three. It was pretty much a three-four-three, wasn't it? With Pupion playing as a right-sided sort of midfielder slash wing back, Estupinian doing the other thing on the left side. Uh, Modder and Grosh in the in the uh, middle, and then up front we've got well Buenonote, Adingra, and Fatty. As you said, Fatty playing seemingly as a centre forward. I think it was more about the um, the replacements. We've already mentioned some of it, of course, um, at this uh, already so far. Welbeck coming on at half time for Pupion. I, I, I felt he was um, struggling really. It was a mixture of finding his feet in the game and maybe not getting much of a supply line from his teammates. Which I suppose comes. Uh, are you talking about Welbeck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Popion coming off. I'm talking about, yeah. but uh, yeah, Welbeck of course replaced him. Um, Belaber came on on 61 for Moda, um, and then Baker Boate came on on 70 minutes along with NC. So for Buenanote and Fatty respectively, Barco didn't come on to the 80th minute for Igor as we tried to push forward, um, which is a bit disappointing, actually, because I did feel as if we could have done with him for another 10 minutes. But uh, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, what what did you make of Popion? Do you think that was a case if he wasn't really given much of a connection with the team in this one? He's he's come back from a loan where he wasn't getting game time at Cheltenham in League One. So it's a bit of an odd one to come into the Premier League, uh, for well, Premier League standard for, um, yeah. for an FA Cup match. I don't think he did anything wrong, but I don't think no. he had anything. I just think uh, I think Roberto probably said, just keep it simple, give things. Uh, he, he was occupying another space, somebody had to mark him. Um, and to that extent, they obviously thought that Welbeck could only do a half, as I said earlier. Um, yeah. And I think that it's, uh, um, you know, that Perpignan was only going to get 45 minutes. So he, he bought the time that Welbeck needed. And it more sense Welbeck coming on is that the space might might be opening up more as players got uh, more got tireder and, uh, in the second half. So I, I can understand the strategy. Um, I think it, you know there are probably no other options. I might have tried Omani at centre forward. The, the youngster's been scoring quite a lot of goals in the under twenty ones. Mm. Um, you know he he's a sort of proper number nine, and then I would have probably had a drinker and fatty out wide. Um, which is effectively what we did after we brought Welbeck on yeah. um, for Perpignan. So, but um, you know, I think and, and I still might have brought Welbeck on at half time. Um, but I've got the benefit of hindsight, and I'm sitting in a comfy chair at home watching it. So, uh, not having to second guess what's going to happen, I'm reacting to what is happening. So, Roberto has to try and see it, look into the future, and mm. obviously it felt that Perpignan were did make a couple of appearances off the bench towards the end of last season, had been there before and uh, perhaps was a better option and having had a few games on or not, albeit not successfully, as you say, at Cheltenham, um, than in a poor Cheltenham side at the time, they were playing better now. Um, and it, was, it was a better bet. So um, he wasn't going to be phased or overawed by, by the occasion. So I can understand it. Um, but our lack of depth, I think, is um, is a thing. Yes, we could have potentially strengthened um, in the winter. We uh, we were looking to get, we understand, Dewsbury Hall uh, from Leicester, the valuations of the two clubs were miles apart, so that wasn't going to happen. Um, we 
I think, considered Gill uh, a loan from Spurs, the Spanish player, um, mm. who I think I mean, would have been helpful in giving us another wide, wide player who could play number 10. Um, and you know, we, we were short of a central midfielder having decided to let Darhoud go on loan. Um, and and I, I can, that makes sense. Um, Darhoud obviously hadn't settled. Um, yeah. Which is a shame because that would have that would have sold it if it if he was the right option, and that that personnel's fine. So it's a bit of bad luck, you know. We can't tell how people are going to be, but um, it's just unfortunate he didn't settle. Really, it didn't just didn't seem to be his thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I notice he's um, been getting a bit of game time uh, over in Germany and actually scored a goal the other day. So um, mm. you know he's he's probably more suited to that sort of league uh, than it is here and. I mean, arguably, we're, we're short of a fullback one way or the other. Uh, we're short of a defensive midfielder. Um, and we're short of another forward who can play number nine or out wide. Um, you know, and, and it's that, we're, we're that close to being a very good team. And if you look at all the draws we've had in the league, hmm. I think that's the most telling statistic. But actually, if we'd sort of just um, won like one say four of those draws, another eight points would you know would put us up above uh, Manchester United and uh, knocking on the edge of of um, sort of fifth place. So it's it is that it's just taking us that that small step further forward. And if if we recruit well hmm. in the summer, then we can do well. But we we still need to. You know, that's why I think going down to two competitions might, might might be better because we really want to try and qualify as of right um, hmm. in the league. And if we can get the bonus of, of going far, you know, much further in, in the Europa League, hmm. then so much the better. But it, yeah. it is our first experience ever of Europe. We've never had the experience of doing it. And circumstances are certainly injury-wise conferred against us. But hmm. The question I would ask, and I was asking the other night with uh, some of the Soul members, is, um, you know, is it the lengthy bar investigations? Is it the extra minutes that everybody is playing? Why is everybody, not just uh, the Albion, but getting so many injuries? Um, mm. I mean, Neto, you mentioned, very good player, but he'd only re- relatively recently come back from injury. Um, yeah. And it's... <laughs> I mean, all sorts of clubs are having sort of nightmares as far as that's concerned. Newcastle is another. Um, but at different times, different uh, clubs are having a shorter several players. Well, and I think it's been the it's been the knock on effect from the World Cup has continued to have this effect up, up to and including this season, um, and that's uh, that's the main issue, I think. And I think that the intensity has never been higher in terms of the way matches are played as well. Um, but uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's one of one of those things. But I do think yeah, you don't want to, um, you don't want to suffer in your league form. Um, go to the later stages of the FA Cup and Europa League, where you know you're getting right towards the end of the season. You've still got no guarantee of winning anything, obviously, and it's going to get harder and harder. And if you if you let your form drop and you're down to eleventh or twelfth in the league. Uh, into the last couple of weeks of the season, you're then needing to win a cup to get back into Europe. It would be nice, as you said, to qualify by um, by rights with um, with the league 
Um, we we need to keep that campaign going. I think given the bad luck we've had with injuries and the heaviness of the schedule, that it probably is good at this stage in one sense, a blessing in disguise that we can focus now just on the two competitions rather than the three. Um, but I really, really want us to get that first major trophy. And I do think the Europa League is going to be hard. You could argue that the FA Cup will be harder because you've got to deal with Manchester City in that tournament, plus Liverpool. Whereas this, you've got Liverpool and the next worst is probably by Leverkusen or possibly Milan or um, or West Ham even, you know. So um, it's feasible to win this one. It's going to be hard. But I would like us to, to certainly to go strong on both fronts. And Peter, you know, it, it, you could call it doom-mongery. I don't think it is. It's just sensible predictions said, oh, we've got Everton and Fulham coming up in the league, two games where we notoriously struggle, Dyche and Marco Silva teams, Fulham in particular, um, with or without Silva, uh, we seem to struggle. And obviously, first part of that was not great. We've managed to snatch a draw, but that's all we got. Fulham now, especially off the back of the Wolves game, um, we really need to bounce back, don't we, and get a result. Um, I'm going to the game. I'm hoping we're going to get a result. And I think... I think we can do. I think we've still got a reasonably decent starting eleven that we can put out, enough to win the game. Um, but we're going to need to show a bit of savvy. I'm hoping and see so Barco Adingra, um, and if Ferguson's fit him as well because he's well overdue a goal can um, can have an influence on the game. Um, in terms of the other cup matches, I mean it's all become painfully predictable now. Although Blackburn gave a bloody good account of themselves against. Newcastle and were very unlucky with two Brighton players in the team. They've got Andrew Moran in there and Ayari came off the bench and did really, really well for them as well. He had a really good game. In the end, they lost on penalties. So Newcastle and uh, took a very good penalty as well. He did, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, so they're out, but it means Newcastle are through. Chelsea beat Leeds. Uh, Man City thrashed Luton. Holland only got the five goals, so disappointing performance from him. <laughs> and Manchester United squeezed past Forest. So you've now got a pretty dull-looking affair there. Obviously, you've got Leicester came through earlier in the uh, week as well, so that's one other team. And, of course, you've got Coventry, who who have the game away at Wolves. Um, so there's some teams to cheer on as underdogs, but it's, not, it's started yeah. to look boring, that tournament. Um, but can yeah, I just... Yeah. I mean, one is just an interesting sort of statistical note. I can remember many years ago, in about 1959-58, somewhere around there, that uh, Huddersfield were playing Luton. I, I can't remember if Luton was still in the, in the old Division 1 of those days or had just got demoted down to Division 2. But they were playing, and a young um, sort of uh, Scot called Dennis Law at the time was playing for Huddersfield. And the match got abandoned after about 63 or 67 minutes. I can't remember which it was, but it's that sort of length of time because of the state of the pitch. Um, and poor Dennis had uh, scored six goals by that time out of seven. <laughs> seven <laughs> score to, to Huddersfield. And I just thought it was an interesting sort of footnote. I mean, it didn't count because the match was abandoned and they had to play it again, uh, which was a shame. Otherwise... I don't think Dennis ever scored six goals again in any game um, after that. And uh, so it would have been quite phenomenal. But the fact it was Luton who had somebody scoring six goals, albeit not counting, and then Haaland scoring five goals <laughs> against them when they were a Premier League side. I mean, it's not as if they were you know, an inferior, from an inferior league. And mm -hmm. it was just one of those sort of quirks of history that 
that happens. And I thought Manchester City should have left him on to allow him to perhaps get get a sixth goal. Um, well, if he had got a sixth goal, Raymond, is that two hat tricks or is it just one very, very large hat trick? Because <laughs> surely know. Do, do you count those two? <laughs> I'd have thought it's two hat tricks. Yeah, it should be, shouldn't it? I think. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've had to deal with this uh, question very often in the football world. But actually, the hat, first hat trick was a, a real hat trick in the sense it was th- three goals consecutively. Hmm. And it all fi- he got the first five goals. So he actually, nobody else has scored at that stage. I mean, in terms of his, for, for Manchester City. So, um, no, it was good. Uh, I, I'm, I hope our friend, um, Tony Brown will forgive me for saying this, but actually, I do think Chelsea have got a really jammy draw. I mean, they've, Ended up playing sort of Leeds in, in this last round. Now they've got Leicester, who won, uh, and I'm sure they will expect to beat since they're, they're playing at home, I think, aren't they? Hmm. So they're, they're anticipating doing that. So Chelsea can end up in the semi final. One of Manchester United and Liverpool are going to get knocked out. So that's the, yeah. you know, that, that's the one other of, one might play one of, Manchester one of in the semi final. Man City yeah. can get knocked out. So, yeah. um, the uh, the only other thing is going to be another Midlands side um, a Wolves or Coventry so there's a Midlands derby there um, yeah. so West Midlands derby there so uh, you know what's the odds if Chelsea win that they end up playing the winner of Wolves and Coventry yeah. so, well, we, this is the other uh, thing because we I, I was apart from enjoying the uh, the result of the League Cup, I I was also relieved because, of course, they could have taken away one of the league allocated European qualification spaces. And um, of course, the, the same spectre is now lingering in this tournament because, if um, possibly Man United, I, I doubt they'll miss out on European places. But if it is Chelsea or Leicester or Coventry, um, it's going to be quite, well, or Newcastle, even Newcastle potentially, depending on where they finish in the table, um, they could be snatching one of the European places through the. Uh, the cup route, which would be rather annoying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think they'll win it, Chelsea. I think Manchester City will probably win this tournament, particularly as Liverpool and Man U have to play each other. Um, they might play each other in the semi-finals. Who knows? Um, which will be even more annoying for a Brighton point of view because we would have we would have missed out on uh, well, we would have missed those teams going at least to the final. But um. In terms of the League Cup, by the way, just one word on that, which I thought was fantastic. Um, not exactly impartial commentary, uh, although he's got uh, absolutely no affiliation with Liverpool. But it was amusing comment from Gary Neville on the commentary for the League Cup. He said um, Klopp's kids are basically giving um, Chelsea's b- billion pounds bottlers a, a lesson or something like that. I thought, oh, ouch. <laughs> It was quite partial language, wasn't it, for a commentary? Absolutely. But it's, I mean, it was true. I couldn't, you know, watching the extra time, it was sort of Liverpool's second team. Yeah, a load of youth players in, partly by default because of injuries, but uh, that's that's, that's it. Um, Raymond, we've got to wrap it up in a minute, but one thing actually just um, to finish off on, and we talk about injuries, and we've, we've had the ongoing situation. I think just to summarise what we've got at the moment, one thing we've been okay with is goalkeepers, but we've had Lamptey out. We've got him potentially back this weekend. We're hearing Veltman's now got a bit of an issue. Um, obviously, we've got March and um, and Mittimer out for the season, effectively, probably, and Joao as well for pretty much the same. Um, we've got Gilmore suspended for another um, couple of games. Um, we've got other people um, struggling with injuries. 
on and off like Welbeck and Ferguson have been. Um, uh, there's other people I'm sure I've missed out as well from the list. Um, it's quite a bit of an injury issue, isn't it? <laughs> um, is this going to clear up? Do you think? I mean, hopefully it will. But we've yeah, we've got. Well, it, it, it comes back. Let's hope those those three weeks uh, yeah. from you know, from after the tenth of March will you know will, will, will provide the respite. There are a couple of other other things that I wanted to raise. Um, okay. One of which is the news that Adam Hinshelwood and his team are leaving uh, Worthing and going up to York City. Yes, uh, I was going to I was going to talk to Peter about that on the match day special on Saturday. But yes, we could talk about that now. Very sad from a Worthing point of view. Got it for for everyone at Worthing. Um, he's done a brilliant job there. He's been there for several years, and they've had to go through the process of winning the same division two or three times um, due to the COVID lockdowns and. Um, curtailment of seasons and all the rest of it finally did do so got promoted in style won the title um, got into the playoffs in their first season up in the National South which is the first time they've ever been at that level and they they were in second place in fact they'd slightly they just dropped down to third after a back-to-back defeats but they are firmly in the playoff places um, unlikely to catch the leaders but looking a pretty good bet for the playoffs regardless of Adam leaving Um but it must be a gutter for them to lose a player at that time. Uh, sorry, to lose a coach at that time in the season. He's gone up to York, which is the division above the National League Prem, where they are just teetering on the brink of the uh, relegation really? zone. Yeah. Yes. It would be ironic if Worthing went up and they came down. Wouldn't yeah, so. well, that's the risk, isn't it, with something like that? But I do think he'll probably turn it round for them. I think they're sitting a little bit slightly below where they probably should be, York. Um, they're a good club, good fans, new stadium nowadays and um they've only got up into that division fairly recently i think the last two to three years and i think he'll do a good job there it's an interesting appointment wish him the best of luck because i've got no gripes with york city and um you know he's been at he's been at worthing for a fair while so he's he's paid his dues as they say um i would have liked to seen him see if he could see out a promotion this year to give it another go to it to the end of the season. But obviously York are looking for someone now for obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's. I mean, I mean, one of the reasons I, I'm sorry that it happens now that he'll be that little bit further away from young Hinchelwood. I mean, quite possibly. Well, it's just his guidance on a day-to-day basis. And I yeah. know obviously Hinchelwood is not to, uh, um, playing at the moment and he's injured and we don't know exactly if he'll come back before the end of the season or not. But certainly having his father around, you know, with all his experience of uh, as a player and as a manager, uh, a coach um, to, to guide. I mean, I'm sure he'll have the contact, but it won't be quite so constant. Yeah. And, and the other thing I wanted to raise was the fact that uh, um, Chelsea have been ordered, uh, and we don't know what the final figure will be, to pay £7.65 million for two young players that they, they got from us, one of which is Zach Sturgis, the left-back, who's currently on loan at Peterborough. Um, and certainly, and I'm not trying to pronounce it, but sort of something like uh, Webber, who is, I think, a striker, who, who left and, and joined them at 14, that's now 16, uh, obviously highly thought of. Um, I mean, his figure is, if it went to the full amount, would be... Um, for, uh, would be 4.25 million of that 7.65, and, yeah. and of which, the, which the minimum figure is a million. Um, yeah. So, um, which takes, again, I think, takes the figure to something like 260 million they've given us in the last I mean, two it's to three some years. Sort of, you know, ridiculous amount of money, but it's still Chelsea. 
um, actually going down to Brighton and saying, you know, who's doing the good job at Brighton? And, and can we, you know, please have them? Um, so, yeah, I, because of the age they're at, they, you know, they basically snatched them away. Um, they're not under contracts at that age. So it, it's only a matter of possible compensation. And we've obviously. So that is the compensation. Yeah. Obviously, that all the normal gifts and buts. But. Yeah. I mean, that is what transfer fees are. They're compensation payments in reality. That's the actual, um, the physical reality of it. So I suppose it's just a transfer fee in the end, I suppose, but just, but, but an enforced one that I think Chelsea were quite sneakily trying to avoid paying. So I'm pleased we've got something from that, from the um, moral point of view, as well as the financial point of view. Um, so that's that doesn't just... to be a proper strategy at Chelsea, other than trying to have, you know, go down the multiple um, club route, which I'm not quite sure what that means in the sense that, if it's in Europe, they're going to have problems because they can't have two teams completing in Europe owned by the same people. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure the Americans will find some way around it. Um, you know, uh, they'll say they, um, one of the owners of Chelsea financed one and the other financed the other or something, mm-hmm. um, some sort of smoke and mirrors uh, to get around it. Um, it's a bit like Man's, the Man City group sort of uh, owning things. And if Girona gets into Europe, which they look like doing, even if it's not in the Champions League, which is a strong possibility. They'll have Man City and, and Girona up there. What what happens then? Um, will they change the rules to you know to suit um, that ownership? I don't know. I mean, there's a sort of inconsistency, and uh, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to listen to the Everton podcast. My apologies, yet, or some of all all of it. Um, and I don't know if you mentioned about the. That the change to the Everton points deduction yes. mm-hmm. from ten to six, but yeah. I assume that means that when they come to review their their second misdemeanour, that 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 they will either that four or or another six will be applied. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean it is a bit fast, isn't it? Because Man City, I understand why it's taking so long to go through that because it's a vastly larger um, set of scenarios that they've got to work through. But it is causing a compromise on the integrity of the competition because that's getting further and further away from when the misdemeanors occurred in City's case. And yet other teams are suffering this season or last season because of that. Um, obviously, that's not affecting the bottom of the table, so it's not, not the same thing. But, for example, Klopp's Liverpool um, would have a much better chance of winning the title this year Um and obviously Arsenal as well. Um, it would be, and there's rumours Arteta might possibly leave. Um, Klopp definitely is leaving. Their last chance to do it um, with Pep Guardiola still in situ. But if they've got the points deductions this season, um, that totally changes things. Otherwise, we've got a procession, haven't we? Because next season they they might end up with something like twenty point deduction, and they might still win the title. Who knows? Anyway, we better go. We better wrap it up. Um, final word, really, for me is just to say that um, the Roma tickets have gone on sale and they have sold out, and they went into the second window. I think they went slightly into the third window as well because. Um, a friend of the show, Chris, that's on our match day specials quite often managed to get one with a fairly low loyalty point level. So, um, so for everyone that's got tickets, great news for them. Sorry for anyone that's missed out, but obviously keep your eye on the website because certain tickets do come back on sale in dribs and drabs. So it's worth keeping an eye out if you haven't got a ticket yet and are planning to go. I know you're not going to that one, Raymond, um, but um, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll meet up in Dublin for the final. <laughs> and, and just for those Solmut members who might be uh, uh, thing we 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 have 
penciled in a room at the Duke of Sussex for the Roma away match. Um, and we're trying to explore what the practicalities are of the TV. There should be no problems, but we're wanting to make sure there are no problems um, mm. with uh, with the TV uh, in the room. We've got a smaller room, uh, the Cowdery one, but uh, I know we'll go back um, if we're going to proceed with that. So for Soul members, yes. keep an eye on on the Soul uh, website, and, and Chris Jonas will be sending something through as and when we've uh, resolved the uh, the matter of, of making sure we can get the TV. The reason I raised it is that TNT sometimes would give one a choice of matches. And yeah. therefore, if it's not on a dedicated one of their dedicated channels, and it's one of the options, that might not be as easy. If yeah. it's one of the dedicated channels, no problem, we will be able to be there. Yeah. Just for reference, um, Sol, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, a wider listenership, uh, Seagulls over London, <laughs> in case people are wondering. Uh, but yes, that's a good point raised, actually, for those in the London area and wanted to check it out. Keep an eye out for Seagulls over London publicity on that one. Raymond, thank you for joining me. And thanks also to Alistair and Nick for doing the uh, Match Day special segment of this podcast. Um, until the next time, from me and the gent, it's goodbye. So, Raymond, stand or fall? Up the Albion. And uh, thank you very much, Russell. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.